0: Hello everybody, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black as always and joining me this evening we have uh, the two-headed beast, Gene Ander here, we have John Anderson, good evening John. Good evening Cammy. And we have Ian here, I've got a moth, sorry Ian, there's a moth <laughs> flying around my room. Well, At some there's... point I'm going to catch it, it was all the way through the intro I thought, it, it, it's, I'm like, um, it's like karate kid, you know when he gets the chopsticks. Oh,
1: chopsticks for the fly.
0: Uh, you and trying. Is it not just the greatest feeling in the
2: world when you eventually like like you pff, a fly and you think you're like some sort of ninja mm. and, and then you like where you like think you've got it but then you, you open your hands and the, there's nothing there.
0: Well, we're here, we've got, well, we're probably in for the next hour and a half, at least, which is how long we're normally on for, so I've got an hour and a half to try and catch this moth. (laughs) We'll we'll celebrate in style when I do. Keep us posted, mate. Keep us posted. (laughs) Um, Was it it maybe two years ago you had a spider in the room that had to be dealt with? (laughs) I did, yeah. This is before the Days of Life podcasting where I had to, I've still got the audio of that somewhere, of me screaming silently. (laughs) I think it was you and... um, Sandy, maybe. Sandy, you and sandy and i had to kind of just say i'm, I'm gonna to have to leave you it was a huge <laughs> thing but the size of my fist just crawled out from underneath the piece of furniture and i had to go and deal with it the thing is i threw a book on it and thought that'll do it for the rest of the podcast and then i think i then had to leave you again because it crawled out from underneath the book <laughs> just
1: <laughs> lifted the book just up gorilla <laughs> <right. laughs> fresh the book out the way and threw it <laughs> at you actually it's
2: skynet have sent terminator spiders through through time to that's sort it. out Cavi.
0: <laughs> must be an english spider i can't remember what game we were talking about <laughs> ah, it, was a, it was a long time ago ah, anyway that's why so, dead now spiders to one side we definitely dead by the time i'd finished with it <laughs> um, <laughs> i made made doubly sure of that um Spire us to one side for a minute. You, If you're watching us live this evening, we're on YouTube and Twitter and Twitch. We're the only rugby rugby podcast still on Twitch, I think. So hello to everybody listening on there. Um, We are also broadcasting on our super secret social media group, which you can join if you sign up for um, our Patreon, which is if you go to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast for £3 a month. Um, and you get access to our super secret social media group where you can make friends over Dungeons and Dragons um, and, and such like and other other sorts of weird chats that go on in there. It's <laughs> lovely to see our, our listeners bonding over their shared interests. And um, you also get access to exclusive episodes. Um, and add free versions of the podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to the podcast generally and you don't want to sign up to it, you can listen to uh, us on Spotify, Acast, and Apple Podcasts, wherever else you can get your podcasts. We are also sponsored by Manscaped.com, and if you are watching this, you can see it going along the bottom. If you go to manscapecom slash Scottish Rugby or Manscaped.com and enter in the code SRP, you will get 20% off. Plus free shipping on some uh, fantastic male grooming products, such as the uh, clippers for your downstairs areas, nose hair trimmers, uh ointments for your um for your balls, um, which as we've established the, the ointments can also be very good for relieving blisters if you're a guitar player as well. So yeah. um we've all had a crack at them. Um I've not had a crack at them. I'll be honest, full okay. I've done the nose hair trimmers, I still have yeah. not, I've still not still not let loose downstairs.
1: I may have nicked myself again yesterday.
0: <laughs> Manscaped is on, not responsible. Yeah. For, uh, I think. I think if, if you're not following the manual correctly, Ian, yeah, well, it can't the Bible. See,
1: I, I was. I actually found the sort of manual when I, I took loads <laughs> of cardboard to the dump and shit yesterday. I swore. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it says like you should do it in one particular direction, and that's the direction I was doing it, and I have still managed to nick myself just above.
2: Do you know so, it's it's easy to do it because the quality of the blade it is an incredibly sharp blade and it pumps out a good RPM on it. So, yeah, the, really good quality products. If you don't follow follow the instructions, you will chop your your downstairs off.
1: So, and when they sent us a new like blade, you. I used it up here. So, if you're watching this, you can see my hideously shaved head. I'll just.
0: That's well, beautifully shaved. It? Hideously I mean, hideous. You mean your own appearance? I mean, it's actually yeah, beautifully uh, shaved. It's, <laughs> like it's, my,
1: you. it's my own wretchedness that's the issue. Because <laughs> the last time, last time I shaved my head in lockdown was with a beard trimmer, uh,
0: and that took like two that hours. That takes a good while. I, I, inv- <laughs> I, I crafted, invested in some pro- proper hair trimmers for me and the lad in the end, mm. and the the difference is, yeah. Uh, when I
1: started looking, like all it's all the sort of mid-range price ones were okay. all re- all sold out. And I was like, there's no way I'm paying two. Well, in my foolishness, I thought there's no way I'm paying like 90 quid for a pair of hair clippers. The the barbers will be open shortly, Mm -hmm. won't they?
0: I've gone beyond the point now where I can get away with trimming it myself. I'm going to have to wait for the hairdressers to open. It's too big now. There's too much of a mess.
2: There was Someone in my work went down the route of uh, having really, really put some effort into trimming their hair properly first time round they've now went with it it's too long and out out, like out of control so they're just Mm. picking bits and just chopping now and it's like you know just going for like a mad style of just i think it's probably indicative of maybe losing it in lockdown (laughs) 17
0: or whatever we're at now did you see the photo of rob harley celebrating after the game no yes yes rob harley looks like all of us rob rob harley looks <laughs> like he's had a hard lockdown <laughs> <laughs> full 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 dad bod. and fat i mean you know but what what an athlete he is with it
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: full dad bod massive mopper hair and gin, huge ginger beard oh,
1: good old rob he's harley. the man we all aspire to be
0: yeah um so um yes go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby, you get 20% off plus free shipping, plus you help us a little bit as well because uh, because we uh, do get we are sponsored by them and I should mention that is an advert Be very clear, hashtag ad even hashtag though a Ian was doing partnership
1: best to make it not seem like an advert <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's my own
0: stupidity it's my own stupidness um. anyway, we're going to we'll move Let's let's move off the uh, male grooming, we'll move on to some mm-hmm. rugby um what, do we, what should we do first? Should we should we do the women's Six Nations first? Because um, and then we can we can talk about Scotland France in a minute. Um There's not been much else in the way of news. Um I don't think elsewhere. No one no one signed anywhere. I think Charlie um, Shield and Henry Purgis have yeah, signed contract extensions, which means um, Finley Christie's probably still staying in New Zealand for a while longer. And, but they're uh, going to be behind Ben Velicott anyway, now aren't they?
1: Most likely. Uh, this Groom, that's it. Nick Groom, I think Groom. He's, he's away. He'll he's away is he away? Is he? will be away at the end of the season. I think. Uh, I think that's saw that on Jamie Lyle's Twitter. Um, <laughs> hopefully, the train will toot him on. You know, give him a goodbye toot.
0: <laughs> good <laughs> be sent. They should give him a lifetime uh, a lifetime of free travel on Scotrail <laughs> trains. <Platinum> Pass, yeah. <laughs>
2: that's probably bigger than his Edinburgh contract. To be fair, those things.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scotrail Platinum Pass.
0: <laughs> um so I do think there's been much else in the way of uh, actual proper sign-ins. Um, but this weekend, the women's Six Nations kicks off. Um, I think we said last week it's but delayed because of the coronavirus, obviously. Um, so uh, Scotland versus England this weekend. Then Scotland play Italy the weekend after. And then the teams from this, two pools of teams, will play their respective side in the other Pool. So I think Scotland are in pool A with England and Italy. And then you've got France, Wales, and Ireland in the other pool. So Scotland will play whoever is their equally placed team to sort out some sort of final ranking uh, place. So it's down in Doncaster this weekend. There's, we've no team announcement yet. We have, though, if you are on our um, super secret Facebook group, we are um, doing a, a, a women's fantasy Six Nations, which they set up on the official site. So um, that'd be good fun um it's it's a hard one with Scotland women you know I'll start with you that they've not aside from those players and there are a handful of players within the squad who are playing in the premier 15s and, and a few of them have kind of been on the bench had starts over the since that started but the rest of the team are essentially you know amateurs within Scotland who haven't kicked a ball in anger since the game against France, which was what, October November time.
1: So long ago, um, yeah. The, the famous draw when was it? November? I can't remember. Oh, I was in November. All oh, the months are melded into the one. I'm, there not, are, are no years still, anymore. It's still twenty twenty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, the eighteenth month of twenty twenty was a bad one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so I. So the, obviously, you know the, the cohesion, but it's same for well apart from england because they're both fully well they still they're all fully pro still so, you know, mostly to, i think mostly yeah uh, so maybe you know there's going to be a lack of occasion um obviously all you know, england are one of the best if not the best team in the world um so it's going to be very tough but as the, the women showed against france you know you know if, if they have a good day and england have an off day anything could happen but obviously it's going to be extremely <coughs> tough, um to go down there with uh you know, with a team that's not been able to play much together uh, for a considerable time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was reading, John, on the, um, the offside line, I had a, an interview with Rachel Malcolm today um, talking about the shift in mindset that Scotland women have had. And I think we, we kind of saw that, and it was October, I've double-checked now. That game in October... Um, that the what I wish you were saying today is you know Scotland women have now gone out to play their own game and not worry about the opposition. It's not about keeping the score down. It's a different kind of mindset. They know that if they go and play their game, they can give anybody a, you know anybody a game. I think that's it's quite interesting to hear that because it seems like there's more of a, a plan and they almost try to emulate the men and finding the Scottish way of playing.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that's really important for. You know, thinking about the the women's game and thinking about how it's promoted in Scotland. Um, you know, finding that way of playing is re- like and doing that quite early. And you know, obviously, the Scottish women's team has been um, playing internationals for many, many, many years. But you know, really, we've had a focus on women's rugby pro- properly, like mainstream focus for maybe five, six years, kind of most really, and you're starting to see kind of finding that style is then developing like girls are watching rugby and watching people watching you know people playing a game that they want to play and the earlier we can identify that kind of scottish style and really kind of start to be competitive with it is really really important so it's great to hear that mindset change and it's great to kind of it feels very professional actually and it's probably feeding through from having a number of Fully professional players In the squad or, or around the squad And that kind of filters back through To the, the rest of the kind of setup. So no, really positive
0: Yeah, I think the other um, Thing is obviously the Again, we, we talked about this um, A couple of weeks ago with Jade Conker Announcing that she's off to be a Trained to be a firefighter in London um, There was a stat I read on the It's on Rugby World, I pulled the stat out It said last year and she made 77 carries Which is more than any other player um Now Scotland only played three matches, and as a comparison, CJ Stander was a top carrier in the 2026 20, Nations with 78 carries across five games. So <laughs> it's an average; she was making an average of 25 carries a game. Which I mean, Scotland are really—I mean, you know—I know gonna I know, I know Rachel Morgan was saying that, that that you know, obviously it's a time for other women to step up and and play their play their part, and you know find players that can fill that gap but it is going to be a missing. in
1: well, Absolutely you know she was the first um, so woman to break the, the glass ceiling for Scotland players by being the first uh, Scottish professional and you know she's such a, a vital cog in that machine as we can see by the, the amount of carries she makes um, and as well you know sometimes the Scotland scrum can struggle and she's been so good at picking it up from the base and and dealing with things. Um, she was you know she was fighting fires there now she's doing it professionally. Hey. <laughs> um zinger. Oh. Um oh, but I just think it gives someone an opportunity uh, to to step up. Um you know when whenever you're sitting on press conferences, you know, one of Gregor Townsend's most commonly used words is opportunity. Um so yeah we'll need to see who's uh, teams announced tomorrow, I think at midday. Um mm-hmm. and so we'll we'll see who fills in that spot.
0: Yeah. Um I think the, the, the interesting, it'll be interesting to see what they've worked on after the France game. Cause it, you and I talked about that after the game, Ian, and we were saying that the really the the one hindrance was at Scrum Half. They had Mario McDonald in, and, and a lot of the passes were going quite high. It was almost like the kind of issue we saw with Scott Steele against Italy, where the, it's hard to get momentum when you catch him. Balls, balls in the air. And it almost felt like there was there was a chance for Scotland to win that game. I think if the if the passes were a little bit more to hand and a bit more of a quick delivery from the base of the ruck, there was there was definitely a lot of structure and attack and a lot of things to work on.
1: Um, yeah, and there is like uh, you know the Scotland women's team; they do play quite a similar style to the, the men's game. Uh, so it's you know quite fast. Um, people like Hannah Smith, uh, brilliant sort of centre. Um, Please, a sort of a Hugh Jones style fashion. Um, and then you've got Friend of the Pod and guest speaker Rona Lloyd and, and Chloe Raleigh. Um, I, I can't remember the game that particularly well, but you know, there was, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of these things again. It's just about the players playing, getting more time t- together at the highest level and getting, you know, getting exposed to uh, better teams and then, you know, upping their own game um, to,
0: to counter that. Yeah. So we'll um the games on um iPlayer the weekend and so presumably available afterwards. I think that's right. Ian, you look puzzled right. like I was yeah, I'm just wasn't. thinking,
1: well, could could they not just stick it on BBC Two or something? Could they not stick it on one of the big tellies,
0: channels? You've you would have thought so. They've yeah. done that before with stuff.
1: Yeah, or even um BBC Scotland channel, you know. Um it's I, mean, I think it's yeah, I thought maybe you know, having it not running concurrently with the men's game might be a good thing because sometimes you get a bit of viewer fatigue or you know you've got other stuff to do uh you know you can't sort of go right you know you have to make a sacrifice somewhere and take stuff to the dump and <laughs> for example <laughs> um but no i think i think it should have been if they put it on a proper channel um they could have attracted more viewers and because a lot of people you know haven't been exposed to women's rugby at um, and it's, it's, you know, for people who thought, say, the Autumn Nations Cup games were boring, um, this it's a bit faster, obviously, because it's not all just mass bolt into each other. It is a bit of a faster game and a wee bit more exciting. And there's less,
0: the less reliance on kicking as well, because there's not, you know, the, the that kind of game that Scotland are playing at the minute, booting it 500 metres, yards down <laughs> the field, trying to stretch defences isn't there, there's a lot more running in it.
2: When you yeah, go join up <laughs> I, I, I was enjoying your chatter, mate. Sorry, um, yeah, no, there is. It's, it's, de- it's yeah, it's definitely a fa- It's a faster game. It's probably more, um, yeah, the, the skill levels involved actually with like the ball ball skills are probably like I would almost say higher than the than the, the male game in some ways because uh, there isn't that reliance and kicking for territory. There isn't that reliance necessarily on the set piece as much. Um, which makes for yeah it just makes for a better game, so um, I would highly recommend anybody that's watching tonight or listening back to this who hasn't as yet dabbled in watching any of the women 's games do so um, you
0: you will find yourself watching a very entertaining game of rugby I'm just looking at this so um, the kickoff for England versus Scotland is three o'clock on Saturday now. But uh, on the same time, BBC Two um, is um, Death on the Nile, the 1978 f- version of Death on the Nile, followed by um, another film. Is that the one with Peter Ustinov playing? What I wrote? think so. Evil Under the Sun from 1982 is on after it. On BBC One, it's Escape to the Country, Ready, Steady, Cook and Money for Nothing. So it's not, you know... It's actually quite insulting almost in a way that, that you've got these you know, you're not cancelling these what are essentially reruns. Like crap, you know, crap films. Rubbish escape, well, escape to the country. Who's watching that on a Saturday afternoon? I mean and, and also I mean it's a the the missing opportunity as well because uh, you've got live Heineken the, you've got Heineken Cup Rugby, which is Wasp versus Claremont on channel four. Did you have an afternoon of rugby, they're lined up. You'd think the BBC would have taken advantage of it, but they've not. So there we are. But it is on iPlayer, so, so you can watch it live and, and watch it back afterwards. Um, let's talk about France-Scotland then. Now, we uh, I know a lot of other podcasts and other rugby outlets are doing their full Six Nations reviews. Um, our position on this, since we started the podcast, is always... If you do your review straight away after the last game, you don't get a chance to really talk about the last game. So we'd normally, unless we lose, in which case we'd want to talk about the last game as, as little as possible. Um, we tend to talk about the last game and then the week after we do our full uh, tournament review. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. And then we'll do our, we'll pull together our line squads and things as, as we are legally mandated to do at this time of the uh, <laughs> world cup and line cycles. Um, so Scotland France, um, I'm I'm going to save my negativity. I've got some negativity to talk about, and, and why 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 we maybe should need to temper our excitement about that game. But I'll, I'll throw that. I don't know. I might throw that in towards the end. Um, Ian, it was a good game.
1: Uh, incredible game. Um, you know, I think even even neutrals absolutely loved it. One of my pals in Ireland messaged me at the end. She was probably more excited than I was because I, I was. Dying after helping John move flat. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was you know, so exciting. Um, some excellent tries. You know, you had the the, the brilliant penal try, which you know just you know all sort of French flair, and then our winning try, which you know how many times have we seen Scotland drop the ball in that kind of position? But uh, you know to go through twenty phases and then clinch it in the eighty fourth, eighty fifth minute. I think probably eighty fourth or eighty fifth a phenomenal match uh some big performances from from both uh, both sets of players individually and then some some
0: poor ones uh, Brice Doolan thanks buddy <laughs> 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 yeah that was interesting wasn't it I mean that was almost a um, that was almost a, it was a very almost a very Scottish thing to do John
2: yes I mean <laughs> I can't still <laughs> so, it's almost like, you know, that way of. It's almost taking such a shine off the Scottish win, and maybe that's the negativity we'll speak about. But yeah, it was it was peak Scotland, and I do I'd noticed that it's been shared on a few social media sites. The the wiki page has had a had a cameo Black effort put on it. Where Bruce uh, Bryce has been added uh, is suggesting he's now uh, French Scottish, and that he's the uh, third third most popular person in Wales until he was
0: guillotined after the Scotland game. Maybe we should call calling Bruce? Maybe Bruce is the right name. For Bruce Bruce Dolan. <laughs> Bruce Dolan. <Dillon>. Bruce Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> Fravafeldi. Yeah.
2: It was. I mean,
0: it was an epic brain fart, wasn't it? I mean, what's he playing at? But I well, I think that this is where I come into it. I think one thing I would say, and we'll, we'll talk about the game and all the positives in a minute, is we have to look at that win in the context of what France had to do. Now, France had to go into that game knowing they had to win by, what, was it 22 points? Uh, 21. <laughs> 21 points. So they have to win win by 21 points plus get a try bonus point, I think. So yeah. the decisions the decisions France were making, they, I, I, they wouldn't have made it had they met. I mean, it's their own fault they didn't meet us in round three because they all went for waffles. But the decisions they were making were based on the fact that they knew they had to make win the game by 21 points. So I think especially after the Duhan try went, Duhan went over for the first try, you could see that they got desperate because they were chasing the championship rather than trying to win the game they were trying to win the championship and i wonder how much that played into bruce stulens decision making at the end because he it, you know the, the pressure of having to think right we're in the lead here but do i need to take it up the pitch to try and get another score where does that put us in the final table it doesn't get them 21 points further but does it push them a little bit closer does it cement them into second So, there's all these little decisions. So, I think as much as, yeah, you know, Scotland played phenomenally well and all the stats show that Scotland dominated in terms of possession and territory. But I do think you have to view it in terms of France were trying to win a championship by 21 points. And so they weren't necessarily making the on field decisions they would have done in normal circumstances. Is that, I mean, is that just kind of the Scottish negativity coming through, John, or is it a legitimate point? Uh,
2: so, I think we always have to treat those final matches in championships with a degree of caution. Because inevitably, there's always something a bit different about them. And as you rightly say, you know, France had had an objective to meet. Now, that probably doesn't change the fact that France, particularly in the first half, failed to turn up at the party. They absolutely uh, Pooped poop the bed with regards to turning up, and yeah, they ended up chasing it. And because Scotland were putting them under pressure, and Scotland were doing all the right things. And again, you, we'll, we'll talk about Chris Harris inevitably through through the podcast. But he was putting the French under immense pressure, and every mistake, every time the ball gets knocked on, that's another two, three, four minutes away from them. And yeah, they have to be, they have to be thinking about the championship. It's, you know, it'd be madness not to be. And I I found it it really disrespectful, actually, the the way, you know, much the same like Hogg mentioned in the press that the way people were just talking about France winning, turning up to win a championship and stuff like that. When Scotland have got the best defence in the Six Nations and have had for a couple of seasons now. And it was, not 21 points is an absolute scalping. So it was incredibly disrespectful. And they can say it was the French press saying that, but the players were saying it as well. And you could see from the performance on the park that they believed that, and at least in the first half. So yeah, it's not negative. Uh, France were
0: overwhelmed by the pressure of what they were trying to do. Mm. I think the, um, that that's interesting. I think this we'll probably touch on that in hands in the rock. There is a lot of Scotland still being written off. Um, I think maybe based on past fortunes, um, not just to, you know in terms of the France game, but in terms of um other upcoming tours as well. Um shall we talk about the, the Finn Russell red card? Um a little bit, Ian. Now um I still think that he hit him on the chest and landed on Doolan's throat as he landed but having said that, we can argue all day about where he hit him but you can't run into a player like that with your forearm because the picture it gives to the referee is you've smashed somebody in the throat
1: um, Yeah, when I was watching it again yesterday like I've, I've paused it like tried to go through the TV's <laughs> frame um, and you can see like it's, it's quite hard to tell by the angle where 'Cause you can see his elbow uh, makes contact with Dylan's shoulder. But then you can't really see the angle of his forearm. You know, if his arm's up, um then he's you know, potentially gonna karate chop him in the throat. Uh, if it's but if it's lower down, then it's more sort of chest area, um like the very tip of the chest. Um but yeah, it he's sold he's he's be dummy and then he's he's not had time to put his arm out fully, I don't think. Uh Doolan's tackling, tackling—I've turned it to Ben Um <laughs> His uh, tackling technique uh, left a, f- a fair bit to be desired. I thought, you know, he's coming very high. Um, you know, if, if Finn Russell doesn't get his arm out the other end, they're going to end up smashing into each other like rotting sags. Um, so, I mean, obviously, us being big Finn fanboys, like I, I didn't want to see him getting red carded, but. I, I, I don't think it's red card, and like you said, they, most of the damage seems they've done when he's fallen on him, and then <laughs> and then
0: properly crushed his throat. Um, yeah, I, I watched. I say I watched the game with the um without the ref, without the uh, crowd sounds, and the, the sound you could hear Bruce Doolin kind of <laughs> struggling for. Oh, no cam he's broken again i'm back again man I'm broken right, again right. So i've got a complaint in with bt we'll get this sorted don't worry was it? Is that the, uh, blame the moth it was the moth that done it yeah ah, the moth turned it off <laughs> um no i was just saying the um yeah you could hear bruce doing struggling on the floor so he's he, but he you know he definitely landed on him. but like you said that the tackle tech, he pretty much pulled him on top of him really
2: yeah and when you <laughs> Yeah, by we can't we can't justify it because we're Finn fans, right? But you know, ultimately by the letter of the law, yeah, right, red card, fair enough. I'm really disappointed in it. I think there's 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 an element of trying to change players' behaviour, right? But it, I'm not going to go down the route of saying let the boys play. It's a contact sport, etc., etc. But there, there's two parties in every tackle and we are approaching a place now where we have to start to be thinking about if players are going to go high like that and then you know if we're going to allow the fend in any shape or form you know frankly right so a handoff is a open palm to the face potentially and then pushing someone to the ground with your hand. You could cause a lot of damage doing that. Therefore, do we need to be looking at that? How far do we want to go? Um, I think there's the consistency element as well, in that you've seen probably a hundred of those incidents through the Six Nations, including a certain little Welsh, Torag, Mr. um, Williams, whose was worse than Finn Russell's, let's be completely honest and wasn't even looked at so a wee bit of consistency on that front if you want to change players behavior yeah you have to have zero tolerance on it but it has to be zero tolerance across the board if you want to make it a safer sport then you need to be talking about lowering the tackle height as well so this idea of letting players go above above the waist is you know that's going to have to go
1: did Is that- you see Ben Case sorry to interrupt Cammy, but did you see Ben Kay's tweet earlier today? No. Um he, he's written a two-part tweet saying that uh oh, wait, I've got it here, but I've accidentally swiped on part two. Um over the last few weeks I've become a firm believer that in the current shift in world rugby approach to head contact, rewarding the choke tackle has to go. Uh, encourages upright tackling, but more importantly, encourages ball carrier to dip head to ground more than should be needed. Ireland had success early on via England with choke tackle and Billy V t- dips into contact, Bundyaki red carded. Also negatively impacts openness of game as players' priorities definitely being able to get to ground rather than risk shaping body to offload and keep ball alive.
0: Um so I think that's quite interesting. Um it's interesting, isn't it? That so everything below I mean it's like I suppose it's the opposite of what you uh what, what you encourage teen, teenagers to do, isn't it? You know, go below the waist. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. We've got, we've got a comment from Ryan. Ryan says, as a Welshman, I know you three guys didn't win the tournament for us on Friday, but thank you anyway. Well, thank you, you very much, welcome, Ryan.
2: Ryan. Yes, we did. We were there. <laughs> shouting on the boys. We yeah. did win the tournament.
0: Um, I don't know how you'd ban the choke tackle. I'm trying to think how you'd. I mean, I suppose the only way to ban the choke tackle is to go for it, is to, to limit, like I said, the tackle then is only below the waist. Yeah. But then you take it completely takes away the comp stripping the ball off somebody, doesn't it? Unless you, unless you kind of say, I suppose the referee would have to call that you were going for the ball and not the man for a strip. For so, a strip.
2: So you could have like, um, in Barnes shouting, strip, strip, and then it would just
0: be very awkward if you know somebody starts taking their top off. Or, <laughs> but wouldn't so, you have? Wouldn't you have? I suppose if if someone gets hold of the, the ball to strip, then you have to call them all immediately. Well, that's it. Yeah,
2: but then you, there has to be something done about them all as well because you've got that situation. And as much as I love when Scotland do it, you've got that situation where. It's funny how a mall collapses as soon as it's called a mall, mm. uh, and you know should it's like penalty. should be a penalty. It should be a penalty all day, and it's the defending team is collapsing it and then lying on top. So it should be a penalty all day. And I think there's a lot of work to be done around the mall as a spectacle because it's a bit of a throwback to a traditional forward-based game that isn't necessarily going to be drawing in the the average punter.
0: But uh, yeah. It's maybe maybe a bit, it's, and it only it only happens i mean really it only you only get proper mall or lineouts anyway these things that are called malls in the middle of the you know the, the result from choke tackles
2: or tackles yeah i've it's,
0: never seen one that's resulted in a driving mall every single one ends up with a a scrum turnover yeah
2: yeah they never end up in a penalty the other way either it's not like like a mall from a lineout it almost always ends in a penalty to the attacking team whereas mm-hmm. the the choke tackle mall never ends in that. It ends in everybody flopping on the ball. And hopefully you can see the ball. And inevitably a scrum half shouting at the referee that he, pointing between seven players' legs that you can see the ball. Um
0: the other thing we should mention, we, we'll, we'll go through the, the individual performances in a minute. Um the the way Scotland finished the match. Now I know Bruce our friend Bruce Doolin, who we've talked a lot about tonight, um, had had a, a hand in that. But I don't think we've ever seen Scotland play with that much control in, you know, after 80 minutes of a match has been played. But I was thinking I can't think of a time when we've seen Scotland in the opposition 22 with 80 minutes on the clock. Normally we're either in our own 22 or our own half trying to win a game <laughs> as we were against Wales. We're not normally in that position. So it's quite it was Refreshing, I think, to see Scotland kind of, and particularly Ali Price, who we'll talk about when we go through the players, but that control and the physicality right to the end and just the patience as well. We haven't seen that from Scotland before. Um, yeah, like I said earlier,
1: you know, 20, to go through 20 phases. And and this is one thing that's always bugged me with Scotland is that when we get to that position, it, is just co- it was just constant picking goals, picking goals, particularly against like Ireland or Irish cl- uh, club sides you know, eventually you end up getting turned over because they they're so good at defending. But uh price faded it up. He um you know there was good some great drives from like Cesander Fagerson who what a shift he put in by the way, you know, seeing as he he, he played seventy four minutes, I think. Bergen only lasted six minutes before having to go off. Um Keble as well. Um but then there was one point he's like Price is pointing saying oh, get round, get round and then he dishes it wide to hog th- in the other direction. Um and you know then to once we've sucked a few of the French defenders in, uh, you can see Intimac pointing to the left, like we need more people over here, and that's when Price goes, "All right, I'm going this way," uh, and then Hastings throws that uh, uh, Finn Russell esque pass, beautiful, um, yeah, absolutely perfect. And then as soon as that landed in Doohan's hands, was just like you don't stop him from there. You, no. you can't. It's it's like physically impossible to stop Doohan Vanderbeer for that close to the line.
2: Um, I, th- I think it's really interesting because you mentioned the forwards throughout that um, and like the, I, w- I was watching the try back earlier on today and it was Keble who stood out for me. The There's a carry from Keble in the middle of that that it just generates all the forward momentum. It gets Scotland moving and nobody, you know, it's one, it's one of those small moments people tend not to mention yeah, it's like a, it's like five, six metres but the speed that he's taking the ball at, the amount of defenders he rumbles through uh, I thought he was fantastic when he came on uh, as well. I thought it was another another cracking performance from him. But it was just so good to see like a player taking the ball at pace and just committing a defence like a really tired French defence. It was
0: brilliant. I'm trying to see how um his stats seem to be fr we <laughs> only stats I want to get make sure I've got this right. So um where have we got um I've got the stats open in front of me. So he played as Ollie Kebble. Ollie Kebble. Um so he played 31 minutes and he made 37 cat meters of 10 carries. So which is a, you know that's a hell of a shift. He's done more meters than um he carried meters for more than um a couple of the backs. That for more than, more than, more than um, Sam Johnson did in 72, meters, 72 minutes more than yeah. Grant Gilchrist and Sam Skinner um, yeah it's yeah. He's more very, than very more that, than George Turner as well
1: he's, he's a big bit of your boy he takes some stopping um, and yeah like John said I think I, think I know exactly when you're talking about sort serve although it only looks like he's made like two metres yeah. it's the fact that he's had you know there's he brought in like I think three French defenders have had to yeah, had to commit to the tackle on the rock and that's taken them out and then they're all like then those who are sort of behind the play at the last rock they're having to rush back and try and get back into position.
2: It's just yeah. generate that quick ball for the scrum half because he's positioning on the place back as well is perfect. And it just generates that's that's the pace and that's when Scotland start to come alive. And you can see like if you know you've got the wider angle and you can see the backs starting to get excited at that point. You know do hands screaming for the ball at that point. And, you know, it's,
0: it's time to go. I think he shouted at a couple of faces. He called it a couple of faces earlier, actually, when they showed a wide angle that yeah, there was did. space out there. Um But they pretty much went, I mean, they went line to line pretty much in the space of like, about three minutes, I think, in that that period. And, and France were competing for the ball, but they did really well to kind of... And, and Hamish Watson, again, he was just everywhere. He was, in terms of the work that he does to kind of secure the ball... With, with Jamie Ritchie as well it was really impressive, there was a couple of times that he I think kind of went in as the support drive and obviously took the French defender off their legs which stops him from being able to compete for the ball because then Wayne Barnes is shouting no hands so it was yeah, very strange to see Scotland in that position, I'd started off telling myself I was going to have a glass of wine while I watched it and um, I woke up in the morning There was the best part of a bottle gone so that's how good a game it was. Yep. Um should we go through the we'll go through the team. We didn't do uh, player ratings on the blog, but well it's one of those games that's worth talking about the individual performances. Um how do you want to do it? Do you want to start, should we just go fifteen down?
1: I uh, may as well. Oh, right,
0: Stuart Hogg. Eat eight. eight.
2: Captained yeah. well, Captain's very well, kicked beautifully. Um looked like you know, again, not maybe not his liveliest game with ball in hand, but just looked
0: very composed. Yeah, and it was that absolute was it that that clear that kick as well. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely kick. Yeah. kick. Um so I yeah, I think good. I think it's fair. I mean I think the captaincy suits him, I would say I think I was a bit skeptical of having a full back as captain. I still am sceptical about the practicalities of it in terms of when you have to talk to the referee. But it works, or it's working. He seems to have got more of a handle on it, and he's he's playing with a much calmer head, Ian.
1: Yeah, and he's. I think he's very good at talking to the referee as well. You know, he's he's very calm, uh, measured tone, and he. Just, you don't obviously hear all of it, but whenever whatever you do, it's, it's quite precise. He's like, "I will check this." Blah blah. Um, like said, the practicalities are, are maybe a little, a little, difficult, but he, he certainly seems to have. Um, like you said, you know he's he's, he's stopped going, trying to do everything himself, and as well, I think he, he's he's really good at galvanizing the squad. Now he seems to have done, you know, they the, they seem like a very tight knit group again. Um, and I thought it was an absolutely lovely touch that he uh, he let Ryan Wilson uh, lift, as he did with the Calcutta Cup when he mm-hmm. had uh, Cherry and Redpath lifting the, the, the Calcutta Cup uh, to have Ryan Wilson pick the. All the lines trophy up with him uh, it was a you know a lovely touch
0: yep um darcy graham six six yeah why are we going for six i would have said a seven S- six borderline seven um i just
1: i mean obviously he stuck out in the wing but a lot of the time I, I forget he's playing i mean there's he's obviously had some personal issues uh you know which we won't divulge because he doesn't want them divulged. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm worried he's stagnating a bit or kinghorning, as we kid. <laughs> I um, don't I just...
0: don't
2: think as bad as that. Ian, come on. <laughs> I think oh, no. I
0: think the problem. I think the the thing with with Darcy's. I think the, he he does the hog thing. I think that, and he's still quite young. Remember that he draws in defenders when he gets hands on the ball because he jinks and he runs so he, he does draw and defends I think I still think defensively he's very good I mean he, like I was looking at the stats I think of he's hit more um defensive rocks than some forwards <laughs> it's a feisty one <laughs> he is a feisty one um Just a, 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 a flanker and a tiny 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 winger's body I think he does all right I think we, I think it's that thing with Darcy Graham is he kind of is a People expect him to do something every time he gets on the ball. And I think part of the next stage of what he needs to do is to learn to make that work from a little bit more in the way that Hog had to in his career. Is that people uh, opposition defenses know what Darcy Graham is going to do now a little bit more. That he is a tricky runner. He's going to jink around them, and he he does use that to draw in defenders. But maybe he needs to do it more, or you know, maybe a couple of others, maybe a bit of a kicking game to his. To, Two as well, so he can sit in the back three. But I think a, I think a six is harsher. I'd say a seven, six and a half. Then, <laughs> John, uh, I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go six and a half. I think six and a half is fair. I think it was a quiet game for him. He, yeah, he just, he just hasn't necessarily been as busy as he could be, but it certainly wasn't wasn't a six. Like yeah, Ross Ford was a six.
0: <laughs> um, Chris Harris, nine,
1: nine <laughs> uh, <laughs> 9.9 9 definitely. Uh, f- f- sensational shift, um, especially yeah. defensively. You know the um, that
0: crunching hit on Vakatawa, which
1: is as it. well he's he's had. To I take stood up
0: from the Vak- sofa with that. I started him I, a standing I mean, just... ovation when he did that. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's like, Vakita was such a potent runner and threat. You know, it's like he thinks I have to hit him early before he gets ahead of steam up. And he absolutely creamed him. Um, as well as that, our, uh, our good friend, Bruce, uh, sorry, Bruce, as we're calling him. Um, there was a, a lovely kick from Russell, which Doolan and the kick chase from Scotland is amazing as well. Benjamin Kaiser commented on it um, during, during the match. There's like six or seven Scotland players chase him, and it's Harris that hits him. Harris gets him first, and then Richie's into doing to a penalty, yeah. just a few meters front, uh, right front of the sticks, um, and then the, the tackle again. But he, he he seemed to have it in for Doolan, didn't he? Um, <laughs> you know <laughs> that he's...
0: cover that covering tackle was just unbelievable. I mean, I think oh. he's got a lot of pace. It doesn't look like he's quick, but he has. Got a hell of a lot of pace. I mean, to catch, he was turning round. He had to spin three sixty to, to get back to do that cover and tackle. He's he's worked so hard to get
2: across there as well, like so so hard. And you know, you can see. So any ugh, lots of fans have commented on Chris Harris and said, you know, he's. You've heard you've heard people saying he's stealing a shirt, or what he's got nudies at Townsend, and you know all the really really derogatory things people have said about him and, you know we've we've criticized him on here as well so we're not we're not innocent in that front but we're we'll certainly we've tried to understand what it is he's bringing to the team and if you want any indication of what he brings to the team look at look at how much that meant to him on on friday night he's his desire to to physically dominate his opposition and to be Everywhere was phenomenal, and you know, there's a reason he can cover wing as well. Yeah, he's quick, he is yeah. quick. Uh, he might not have like amazing attacking skills, but he is a phenomenal defender.
0: Yeah, we've got Dougie Lowe, a uh, friend of the podcast. So surely that game will finally silence the highest doubters. I would hope so. I don't, I don't think it may do within Scotland. I'm not sure it's going to do outside of Scotland. Um, although we probably in Hands in the rock talk about some line stuff, but. <laughs> Chris Harris is currently with some bookmakers ten to one to make the Lions squad, which is e. I will say now that is easy money because, given his versatility, that, that there's no way that Chris Harris is not going to be in the Lions squad if he's fit. Slightly smaller squad though this time, isn't it? Or that's what the rumors are. But um, but then he can cover wing, and I think that that's what's mm. going to go in his favour. I think if he was purely a thir- an out and out thirteen, I'd agree with you. I'd think i think guy, he's maybe. So i think the fact that he can cover get him, and the, and the get this the consistency i think we will probably see him there we, we said on the pod a couple of weeks
2: ago that he was very much a gatland 13. he was very much in the the, the the kind of same vein as your your 2 sort of 13 you know very defensively sound very 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 strong um well organized maybe not like doing much in attack, but didn't need to. Um, Maybe the only thing lacking is a kicking game, but you know what?
0: That's fine. Um, Martin Bell is asking which bookies. I'm not going to advertise gambling sites on here, Martin, but it's a fair bet that if you Google it, you'll find it. Um, we're not going to advertise them unless they pay us. <laughs> they pay us thousands of pounds. Um, I'm not going down that road again, guys. I've been there. It was uh yeah. We're not. We doing that we've again. listen. We've, we we you know we we've demeaned ourselves enough by describing our uh, male grooming habits. <laughs> <laughs> Promoting <laughs> gambling <laughs> sites on the podcast is a stretch too far. Literally. Unless they're willing to pay us lots and lots of money. Email podcast at blog dot co dot uk. Popular opinion, I'll be there. <laughs> Sam Johnson, seven.
1: Seven. Talking of kicking games, <laughs> did you see his attempt? At, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Alex Dunbar against Ireland. That was We've talked
2: about yeah. Scotland. Scotland centres playing. Scotland centres playing twelve. Who just for some reason it's like there's a hoodoo on the shirt that means you just cannot kick the ball. <laughs> Unless
0: you're Cammy Redpath,
2: aye, true. Yeah, uh, yeah, Yeah.
0: I think that's the one thing. I mean, I thought Sam Johnson had a a decent six nations. Um, the uh, he's done all right, but it's a shame we didn't get to see more of Cammy Redpath. I think this tournament after that, he had such a good game against England. Um, but Sam Johnson did okay. I don't think he's necessarily the 12 that Townsend is looking for, though.
1: Nah, maybe, uh, he's not really a playmaker. Um, he, he can pass very well, as I've said mm. quite a few times. But, um, you know, red paths. I mean, John Johnson will charge at you. He's he's done a couple in the last couple of games he's played. There's been a couple of really good sort of just fringes right through the middle that he's done. Um, but uh, again, it's his. You know, he's defensive. Uh, he's a, he's a big, strong boy. Um, he's very good defensively. Um, yeah, that set
0: that set move off the line out that he got the ball for. I mean, he was almost almost through. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, with so, Redpath who's maybe got that wee bit more gas and a bit more of a step, he might have made it. But you know, again, we're just that's all ifs and buts. Uh, but no, another solid performance from Johnson. Um, you know what you are getting with him. You know, it just, doesn't make it. a lot of mistakes, um, and, and all around a very just a solid, well rounded player.
0: Yeah, um, Dohan. Eight. Eight. Yeah. I think yeah, that's fair.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, okay. He got two tries. Yeah. He took them very well. First one, yeah. <laughs> that <was a> <laughs> <laughs> that should look look well. We're
2: karma has finished.
0: to Karma has to even itself out at some point. You know, you get right, you get yeah. you get them you get some you get, some you don't. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Um yeah, maybe could have done better for the will
1: try. His position was it possibly a bit suspect. I thought Chris Patterson I thought was a wee bit unfair in commentary. He said later, you know, oh he needs to bust a gut to get over there, and you see it in the replay he is, but he's you know, he's too far away. Mm-hmm. Too far and away. Then,
2: skipped, but his positioning probably to start with isn't like great. But you know, you Perno's a cracking, cracking attacking player and does have a step to die for. So, you know, like
1: you, it's understandable. And do yeah. that just put it back back to him, right back to
0: him at the end as well. So you know, one each. That's Hi. De- score score draw, mate. Score draw. I suspect Chris Patterson has never got into coaching because of that. I think it's probably because he is too harsh and too critical. <laughs> and he knows he just he know he knows he's got that within him and doesn't want to subject players to it.
2: You you mean Chris Patterson is the the millennial Jim Telfer?
0: Yep. Yeah. That's it. And he just, he thinks he just, he can't, he doesn't want to inflict that on other people. So he (laughs) sticks to the corporate work. Although, if you've seen it on the official podcast, he broadcasts from inside his car. And I can't decide whether or not, whether or not he's had some sort of Alan Partridge esque breakdown and has driven to Dundee in his bare feet to eat because the lockdown's got to him or whether or not he's just. He just It's His wife's kicked him out and he's sleeping in a lay-by outside of Gala Shields. It's a couple of bad investments. <laughs> if,
2: if, if anyone's got any, uh, where's Dougie Donnelly
0: or, or where's Chris Patterson? <laughs> Have you seen Chris Patterson recording the official Scottish rugby podcast in his car what? outside of Gala Shields? Get in touch, let us know.
1: What server station is he in today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you served him a Toblerone? <laughs> Yeah, I was joking with someone
2: earlier on that, that I was I was trying to get someone to listen to this, and they were they were like, "Oh, I don't know much about rugby." And I was like, "Well, neither do we." To be fair, we end up <laughs> we end up talking about snacks more often than not. It's
0: <laughs> like, okay, so top Here we go, guys. So, Chris, if you if you do need help, uh, blink. If if uh, you know Al Kelk <laughs> is keeping you prisoner in his car, that's it. <laughs> Let us know. Blink twice. Let us know you're safe. Um, <laughs> Finn, Finn Russell 7 7 uh, just uh, 6 probably
2: you know really we have to be like decent enough game solid but he did get sent off
0: yeah, yeah I suppose if they take the red card oh. it's the red I think it probably does take it down to 6 but there was
1: th- three brilliant kicks he did. There was one yeah. at the very start, then there was one that uh, you know gave Doolan such pressure that Harris snaffled him. And then in the second half when France attacking, he drills a really nice one from inside his own 22. Which Doolan picks up, returns, uh, which Darcy Graham gets a hold on. And then I mean, oh, the, by the time Doolan's kicked it back to Graham, we're 10 metres further up the pitch from when Russell kicked it. And then we win a penalty as well. Um you know, he's, he's not had... He's not been the full box of tricks. You um, know, what well, What do people want from him? You know what I mean? But- it's a
0: 100%, 100% kick-in rate as well for the game, which, again, is pretty vital when you're in these tight games with you know against a team like France. There was one kick, I think, was fairly speculative and didn't, didn't come off, but I don't think... There wasn't anything else on at the time. Yeah, So...
1: Sort of rubber one out to the wing. Yeah, uh,
0: but you know. know there was nothing else on at the time, and he was under pressure, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a bad choice. If it'd come off, it would have been okay. But it wasn't. Again, it wasn't a classic, you know, Finn performance. But I think we also need to kind of just appreciate the times that he does have the quiet games and just keeps things running.
2: Well, that's it. It looked like one of those games that he was just going to kind of like you could see almost from the first few minutes that he was focused like really focused on it. it was it was game management and just making sure that we were playing in the right areas and stuff so i think uh, yeah it's uh, you can tell sometimes when the we the fin sort of starts a game you can tell what fin you're going to get um and obviously we love all the fins but you know not 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 everybody's quite a fan of the
0: yeah i guess that that kind of that's a new strength to the boys trying not to force things yeah, I think maybe yeah. a couple of years time. You know, go even a season ago, we'd have seen him try to do daft things over the top and trying to kind of almost take the game to the mm-hmm. line himself every time. But he's—I wonder—I kind of almost wonder whether or not this the, the, the coronavirus and the time to heal that there has been between kind of the 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 love triumphant of uh, Townsend Hogan. Russell has brought them closer together almost. That there is that. Tr- Russell now trusts in what Scotland are trying to do and buys into it. Therefore, he's happy just to kind of chuck it about a bit and trust those around them a wee bit more, Ian.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, the time is a great healer. Um, but, you know, that's, I mean, Townsend, Hog, and Russell, you wouldn't say they're fiery characters. You know, they're all quite calm, level headed guys. Um Hog's probably the one who shows the, the well, you know, the the most sort of passionate displays, you know, when he's celebrating, like you know, his hair flopping about beautifully at the end of the game. Um, <laughs> but no he's you know he's he's now playing at one of the, the biggest teams in the world. Um and he's you know he's 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 growing as a player as as all players do. And you know you'll be Two years' time is probably when he'll be. Is he 28 just now? Something like that? 27, 28. Yep. Uh, you know, when, he's, when he hits 30, he's going to just be you know, the game maestro. He's going to be, oh God, he's going to be like Johnny Sexton, and good, but better because he's
0: actually got more than just booting up in there. <laughs> um, Ali Price, who I think this game confirmed is better than Antoine Dupont. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I'm proved right.
2: Oh, hot take, Cammy. I love it. But yeah, he, he was... was very, demonstrably he was, so. He lasted demonstra- 80 minutes. So.
0: Yep. He kicked Kicked, more metres off less kicks.
2: He was... Um, yeah, Carried he more.
0: He was, was very good,
2: wasn't he? And uh, again, sort of... It's back to that. We always have this thing of you bring in players against Italy... And you say, Oh, look, they looked amazing. Look, look how fast Scott Steele was. Look at this, look at that. Ali Price, is a better player. Let's, let's not, yeah. Ali on. Price didn't,
0: Ali Price very rarely nowadays flings balls about a meter over someone's head <laughs> from the base <laughs> of a rock when you're in good attacking position. I, I thought that was
1: one of his best games. Uh, yeah. it's, there was only sort of, I've sometimes moaned about this, the length of time he's taken to. Well, not the length of time, all the time. I'm not saying he's slow, like delivery. But a lot of time he's pointing at he's, he's out at the ref, like, oh, look, no, he's cheating. And then we end up losing a penalty. Um, I think there's only one instance of that. But, you know, every every player's going to make one wee mistake in a game. Uh, I think that was his only one, I think, for, for scoring out of 10, 8, 8.5. Eight um, yeah. Especially for there, that last passage of play.
0: There was the possible um, penalty try that were they were looking at because Price um, is it Bruce Bruce Doolin again wasn't it? Oh, that he, was the penal one. The penal oh. one, yeah. Um, that, but actually, if you watch it back, I think Price has two choices because if the ball bounces, if the ball bounces and Penal catches it, and when Price makes his tackle, it's a legitimate tap tackle. That doesn't happen. So then, but then. If he doesn't tackle him, he makes it through the line. So it's a 50-50 shot. He can't see what the ball Price can't see what the ball's gonna do from his position. So yeah, I think he has to make the tackle in that position because if Penno catches it and he doesn't make the tackle, he's in for a score. So it, I don't think it was a bad as decision as people made out. He had
1: to do something. He, he was yeah. damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Um I think we, we maybe dodged the bullet there. Um yeah.
0: But I, think if he, I think it's only a penalty. I think, um, as um, Wayne Barnes-y Barnes explained at the time, it's, um, it was a penalty try if it wasn't a try because he was playing advantage.
2: Yeah, and it was good that Barnes was really sensible with that because you can imagine, like, so let's for a moment extrapolate that out and say that it's Scotland v be Wales in the same situation, and we have a French referee you guarantee that the French referee will have double jeopardy coming down, probably getting sin-binned anyway. We're going to get penalty try. We're going to get, you know, public execution as well, just to be sure. Um, so it was good. Barnes, I, th- I thought Barnes had a really good game as well, which I don't always say about him because I find him really irritating. When he's pigeon French and he's um,
1: talking to the, the mate, mate, mate. Yeah, that's, a bit, that's a bit gay, Richie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lukey, mate. All right, Matty, mate. How's it going, Barney? Lovely job. Check if that's a knock-on, would you, darling?
0: Yeah. Um, Ali Price was faster than Anton Dupont and he's delivered from the base of the Ruck as well. Just in terms of my, my um, adding to my dossier that I'm compiling of why Ali's price is better than Anton Dupont. He was five uh, percent quicker on uh, delivery of ball on not three seconds from the base of the ruck than Anton Dupont. So um, someone said that this. Someone said a sheer poor price box kick. Now we're talking about this. Uh, poor price. Richard Hawke says the price poor price box kick led to one of the tries. Now I've watched this back and I don't think it was a bad box kick. I think the ch- the chase the follow up. Uh chase I think by it might be in Darcy actually wasn't that great. But the kick itself was was decent. I thought it was probably the right option. But I think yeah. after a few phases they did score, but I don't think it, it was the box kick itself was the wrong decision. I don't I'm just not sure that the, the chase was
2: this this was gonna be one that like come, like come up in hands in the ruck for me actually is people criticizing like so there's like the consequence of what they're calling a bad box kick. Well, a bad box kick, like a bad line-out throw, is a, it's all about the constitute parts. And as you say, the, the chase wasn't good enough, right? So a, a box kick is as own, only as good as the chase. And it was poor. But how far do you go before you start saying, like, okay, so a bad box kick cost us a try? No, it didn't. There was countless phases after that try, after that box kick, before there was... A score made, you know. Do we say, "Oh, well, you know, Stuart Hoggy kicked the ball off really badly, and France scored in the twenty-sixth minute. Therefore, Stuart Hog's kickoff was bad and cost us." I try to shut up, you know. I've obviously been flippant and been funny about it, but like it just—it really strikes as being a, a kind of we have—we have this unquenchable thirst to criticise our players. As, as a group of fans I just don't understand it it's it's really strange and like it's almost making me have an unquenchable
0: desire to criticise our fans <laughs> <laughs> um, the back so let's go we'll do the scrum then uh, backwards so um, Nick Haining I thought was had a, had a seven of a game yep he played really well he plays better Nick Haying's weird he's a weird one he plays better when he starts for Scotland than he does coming off the bench
1: yeah, I think he plays better for Scotland than he does for Edinburgh as well. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's a solid lumpier boy, isn't he? He's, you know, he, he was taken yeah. into you know, those monstrous French forwards and not taking a backward step. Um,
2: well, skittle on them, weren't he? Was- yeah,
1: he's a, he's a solid lad. Uh, yes, that may be... Maybe not quite an eight, seven and a half of him. Um, I, he's, he probably doesn't get around as much as Fagerson. Yeah. Um, but he's maybe he's big. He's a bit bigger and a bit harder. Um, yeah. Not the same, Pat Ferguson, soft or anything. But yeah. Well, know, I he's, think a...
0: Ferguson gets through more tackles because well, Hening made five, missed one, but, but carried for eighty minutes off eighty meters off thirteen carries. It's
2: pretty chunky, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Which I think Ferguson normally gets through a lot more work tackle wise. But again, it's just you know they're asked. To, it's hard to tell because they're always asked to do different jobs in defense, aren't they? So. Tell you what, to go back to thinking of
2: Fagerson, um, I think he needs to be, really start being very, very careful who he's carrying. If Finn Russell's getting a red card for what he done, Fagerson does that almost every carry. So he'll have to be very careful. Like if referees are starting to clamp down on that, he's, he's going to have to probably think about his carrying technique as well. Yeah.
0: Hamish Watson... I mean, it's hard not to give him a 10. Yes! yes! We can't can do it though, because nobody gets come a 10. On! Nobody yes. gets a 10, but it's close. Oh,
2: come on, guys. You know you want to. Hand <laughs> it out.
0: Come on. He didn't score a try. And let's so see what else can we criticize him for in that game? He didn't Did he score a try. What yeah, he didn't solve
1: world hunger. Uh, oh, everyone's gone on about this. I think well, this might be hands in the rocky when we'll, we'll talk about how he was described by idiots on Twitter. Um yeah. very angry about that. Uh, when he got... got Called lightweight. Yes, yeah.
0: Uh, when, when he we, can got about, we can talk but, about we talk about. you
1: want to talk it now? Yeah, um... I, there was Hugo Monnier had tweeted, uh, like, oh, that Hamish Watson's not a bad rugby player, is he? Or something like that. And then I, I'd, like, within a few replies, I'd seen three people saying that Hamish Watson's lightweight. I was like, what in, the, what in the blue hell are you talking about? How can you say that Hamish Watson's lightweight? Oh, he does it. He carries two upright. right? like, yeah, and then he bounces off people and makes more heat. You know, and and there were little. The little build-up video you've made, Cammy. you, you see him, that, that famous one where he's bounced off like three Welsh players. Alan Wynne-Jones, Thomas Francis, I think, no, it's Samson Lee, uh, and then uh, Hadley Parks, I think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, are you trying to tell me that Samson Lee and Alwyn Jones aren't big guys, and then also that he's, he's ragdolling Ross Moriarty yeah, about, and Ross Moriarty yeah, is that, that other
0: one? Where really he lifted yeah. more, Ross Mar- Moriarty up in the air by whilst carrying the ball and threw Ross Moriarty <laughs> to the floor? And
1: he, he did the same to Antonio. You know Antonio was the heaviest man in the tournament, and just like sit, didn't you put my roads. I'm Hamish, what's enough stuff to do?
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, I've got to get the messages in. <laughs>
1: Uh, just he's, he's been absolutely sensational in this yeah. tournament. We, we know how good he is. Uh, and for people to see his lightweight it's just
0: madness. I, I haven't seen an update on this, but um, Kevin Miller has run the numbers. And I think a couple of other people have done this too. And my understanding now is that Hamish Watson has made the most consecutive tackles of any player in Six Nations history. See? He missed one against Italy, but they've since revised oh, the stats geez. and he it was not been recorded as a missed tackle. Excellent.
1: So there we go. There's another Frenchman defeated because it was Francois Nally that was done with So head. Hamish there Hamish
0: Watson, I need we need verification we need official verification on that. I've got contact I might ask to, to officially verify that. But um yeah, but the- he's, he's, he doesn't carry like Tom Curry <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Tom thank, Curry thank, the, thank the Lord above He doesn't carry like Tom Curry
1: yeah. Tom Curry missed 11 tackles in the tournament Hamish Watson missed none uh, I'd, I'd, I managed to find a meme generator You know the Batman slapping Robin one And yeah. I put some in um, Yeah he, he carried for more metres Missed less tackles Wait, uh, so do,
0: you, do you know just, that I um, I only realised the other day that When we went to see uh, Sale versus Glasgow Tom Curry played in that game And I have no recollection of that at all <laughs> <laughs> that was the game Glasgow won forty two ten I think. Yeah,
1: one way traffic. We absolutely
0: just demolished them. Um, I know.
1: I mean, he's a he's a
0: cracking player, but
1: stop lying. I think the just I just the English
0: English rugby fans. fans getting excited about the fact they've actually got an open side and they go, like, oh, he's <laughs> as good as Richie McCaw.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Somebody's That's a McCaw. rugby pass article.
0: Can he we're play bagpipes with a We're giving him
2: a rough time here, guys, but in comparison to the rest of the dross that England have served up this tournament, he's actually
0: looked alright. Like to give him- <laughs> I mean he'd probably what be behind Tom Gordon if he was Scottish <laughs> in terms of our selections <laughs> behind, behind Ryan Wilson for covering and- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um Jamie Ritchie, that, I think the frustrating thing is I thought probably a seven, eight game,
1: probably an eight. Mm, Yeah, we'll
0: go seven and a half again. Um, I think it's a shame. I think the thing with Jamie Ritchie is it's a shame he dropped off the pace a little bit in the autumn because and got injured halfway through this season because I actually think that he would have been in where shot of the Lions if he'd had much more, if he'd had more of a consistent build-up because he was in... He, he was being talked about prior to the autumn, and then he really he didn't have a great autumn. He had a good game against England. Actually, I thought that's this, that in terms of that one turnover where he tackled the player, got up, and you know got over the ball again. That was been his best game for Scotland in for about a year.
1: Yeah, he, I think he did even two or three turnovers. Um, yeah, he's yeah, he, he won that penalty that we were talking about earlier. Uh, he's, he's tackling uh, solid. He's, you know him and Watts just work so well together. You know, better than carrying and Um <laughs> Yeah, uh,
0: and he, I think, yeah, he gave away one penalty. I think that's not bad given the work that he has to do. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a gnarly back rower, You expect yeah. that. Um, managed to get, I... get through it without being punched by any uh, <laughs> any French players. It's <laughs> bonus.
2: Well, I mean, some would say bonus, others would say you know it, it,
0: it, it adds to the ability for Scotland to destroy France. So, yeah, um, Grant Gilchrist. I thought that was probably Grant Gilchrist's best game in a Scotland shirt. A solid seven, <laughs> um.
1: I would given him a man in the match against France a couple of years ago, uh Murray Field. Um yeah, he's perfect in the line out. Uh, mm-hmm. he's great, absolutely dominant in there. Uh yeah, had a couple of good carries. Aye, that was that was a sort of Gilchrist that we've 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 always promised. Um but then he sometimes doesn't always deliver. Um but that was one of his, like you said, definitely one of his better. Uh, or best games for Scotland, Oops, I've just absolutely slapped the table, that quite hurt um, <laughs> But yes, no, very, very good performance
2: That's how good he was, in slapping tables uh, Yeah, I, I, the line-out was really impressive to give him his due, you know, he, and you can see that's his speciality that's, that's, he takes responsibility for that and you'll note there wasn't any crazy calls, like on our five-meter line, let's, you know, it's pouring rain, let's go and try and hit halfway with the ball and stuff like that, you know.
0: Yeah, I think the only the only mistake at the line, I think, was when, just when Ryan Wilson had come on and given the circumstances in which Ryan Wilson has come into the squad as a really last-minute replacement, he's not been training with the squad at all, so he's had to come in and presumably learn the calls and stuff. It's a big, it's a, you know, it, it was inevitable that one was going to Go wrong at some point, yeah, and they kind of soon sorted out after you know the next line out went fine after that. So, um, Sam Skinner again thought he played okay, did all right. He's, I think, he's, in terms of the rucks, he hit quite a lot of rucks, yeah. Um, stripped the ball off
1: the, the French only about 10 meters from the line, uh, at one point as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they, they were just you know, they were. Dynamic or anything, but they were solid.
0: Uh, And on a a day like that, that's exactly what you need. Yeah. Um, Xander. Eight. Eight. Scrum could have been stronger. I think the scrum was a little bit mixed, but around the park, he did a hell of a shift.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Stepping in for that amount of time as well. The amount of time he was on the park, he just.
1: Yeah. Magnificent. Actually, see the. Well, I've heard a rumour about Xander which I don't know if it... Oh, it's Xander
0: Slander time. Xander, um, Xander, Xander. Wait No, 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 wait. No, no, no. I'm not letting you get away with us without doing this. Hang on, wait a minute. Xander Slander There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. So apparently uh, he, when it's the first scrum, he will deliberately drop it to see what the ref is doing or see, see how the ref reacts to it um and also but i actually think as well like that first penalty he, he gave away uh, i think cyril by is wheeling it actually he, he's, he's not driving straight and you see the angle above he's he's boring in a bit as well i think by got away with that a couple of times um but yeah there the was a work rate right around the pitch that's what when people keep going on oh, they should be playing because he's our best scrummager. um no, no, no I, because Neil doesn't add anywhere near as much as what Xander does. I mean, to, for a tight head prop who can play a full eight, you know, at, at you know pro fourteen level, um, you know, for him to play seventy four minutes against France on a, a wet, heavy pitch shows that he has got incredible conditioning.
0: And that was this week's Xander slander. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't get injured so we can get all the <laughs> loads of use out of that. Um, <laughs> George Turner, I thought, had a quiet game. It was good to see the lineup working well. Um, he carried as well as he can do, but I thought it was seven.
2: Yeah, seven, the line out was working well. He, he got about a bit, you know, not nearly as dynamic as he has been, but there's maybe an element of, you know, he's, he's played a lot of rugby as well mm. the Six Nations and the way he plays the game is
0: physically attritional shall we say yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll talk about hookers a bit when we come on to the, the highlights from the bench in, in a minute but um, Rory Sutherland I thought I did a reasonable game was getting another seven I would have thought
1: yeah just hope his injury's not too bad um, yeah he's you know everyone was, it was sort of seeing me Richie you know Autumn Nations Cup and after the last Six Nations um he was he was pretty much everyone was penning him in on their line selections um he's maybe not been as destructive in the scrum he's given away maybe a couple more penalties uh but again, you know you, you can't fault him really
0: yeah um in terms of the pick of the bench, then we'll go through every on the bench we've we've talked about ollie Kebble already um the other person I'll talk about, Dave Cherry. Now, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because Dave Cherry's had a hell of a six nations, um, even kind of scoring this game, and then he's going to be back to fourth choice for Scotland. And actually, I think that's a, it's a, it's a shame. I mean, I don't know he's thirty, but you know you're going to have McNally and Brown come in. But I, I do wonder whether or not he's you know worth a look and worth keeping about
1: i would certainly hope that he's jumped above mike Valenza in the pecking order at edinburgh um, mm. uh, yeah i mean this, this is a guy who's you know he's he's had to sort of forge his own path um and he's coming i think he's is he the first hooker or um the first one in ages to score three tries in a the first. Nation, i think it's the first
0: it? ever hooker to score a tr- three tries in six nations
1: yeah. he's reacted to the the ball bouncing off Sanders' back brilliantly you I know mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. picked it up off his toes and then had the you know, then had the composure. Oh, look, there's a wee gap, I'll just burst through there if you don't mind. Um yeah, I think he, he maybe had one or one dodgy arrow. Uh well, he's he's a very good player. It's, it's, he's fast. Yeah, he's very quick. Um and I think he's a
0: he's an actual hooker, not one of these back rows. Uh, <laughs> right, Nate, Do you want to maybe just try out this? Yeah. Uh, Martin Bell suggesting he could be a lions bolter. Well we don't, who knows? Maybe. That would be. Stranger things have happened.
2: Stranger things have happened, but no, I thought I thought Dave Cheney was very very good as
0: well. Yeah. Uh, the other one I want to mention before we move on is Adam Hastings off the bench. Now, you don't I want to see because he's there, I, <laughs> I thought he played exceptionally well, given that he came on, and there was a massive gaping hole in defence because Finn Russell had gone off. 'Cause he came on after the red card. Aye. Yeah, he came on for Sam Johnson. Came on for Sam Johnson and it was essentially covering ten and twelve. Mm-hmm. And yeah. through that lovely floated pass. Mm-hmm. I think he had a couple of good I thought he had a couple of good runs. I, he tried one kick and chase, which maybe wasn't on, but it almost came off. I mean if that comes off, it's he's through. I, I also think
1: two points <clears throat> obstructed him during that. Um you know john was saying there about scottish rugby fans uh there was an interesting little moment on the forum i don't know if you if either of you guys saw it uh somebody was complaining about that kick and chase and then some people were calling out for it um and then he started PMing all of the, the admin team like i'm getting like horrendous abuse here it's like no people are just telling you to stop complaining uh <laughs> and, and i looked yeah. through it all and and it was and it, it was, there wasn't anything bad at all. I mean, because obviously we take quite a firm stance on these kind of things, and nobody was being abusive to him at all. We were, um, just I was telling him been, he was wrong. Seven messages, I woke
2: up with a hangover on Sunday morning to seven messages, and I was very upset.
0: I think it's. Well, I think if you're going to post something on the internet, you've got to be prepared for people to disagree with you. Definitely. Yeah, but no, I and thought it, Hastings was. I thought Hastings had a had a good game. I thought it was given these not. You know he's come back from injury and played what one game from Glasgow, got banned, and then coming come off the bench <laughs> for France. Essentially, I I really worry about Hastings sometimes, um,
2: particularly in defence. So it was good to see him go through a cameo appearance for Scotland and not try to de- decapitate anyone <laughs> because he ha- he high he, shot yeah. king. Mhm, he is really bad for it. <laughs> really it's, bad. It's
1: at least won a game.
2: <laughs> I, I mean he had to, I, the one for glasgow um the, the the last game he played for glasgow was really shocking as well <laughs> like he's caught the guy around the neck and like the guy's going to pace and he's sort of like dragged him back it's one of those like
1: yeah i think it was Hume, it?
2: yeah it was and like the legs have kept going but the head stopped <laughs> <laughs> he's just like <laughs> um yeah and he is, he is quite he does it quite often. It's quite bad. So it was good. Good to see him showing his true talents in a Scotland shirt, you know, throwing nice passes, taking ball to line, and just
0: generally looking very composed. Yeah. Um I just want to get a quick word on our fantasy league. I'll say congratulations to David who won it. He's been top of the league all the way through the the fantasy league. Um other noticeable, uh, notable, um, I think uh, Alan McDonald did very well. He ended up in twelfth, although he's down, down nine places apparently this week. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know where we, we're, we, we're, I'm way down because I forgot to do my team in the second week. I was doing okay. Yeah, Rory's in forty fifth. I forgot to change the last two weeks. I'm in fifty fifth. Ian, you are. I can't even find you on this. <laughs> <laughs> Relegated. Yes. Relegated. You. I'm down in ninety eighth now, and you're not there. Um, no, that's not you Coming down at the hundreds I can't Don't find you, you bother. I, 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 I'll not bother you anyway. Well, yeah. I think Rory, Rory won it for the pod The, the blog last, yeah, last two or three weeks I just completely forgot to change yeah. stuff Or or I just picked
1: the wrong person like, I picked Gareth Davis And he'd only play 50 minutes Instead of DuPont, who'd score a try um, yeah. Nobody should
2: ever pick Gareth Davis Let's be honest that, that, they're, that's they're, just, they're, They were playing Italy yeah. <laughs> I, I, I a little, oh I, I, yeah mm. okay
0: let's let's move on because we've we've talked about let's let's do this
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it's hands in the ruck time. Um, Any other business section of the podcast, I'll give you a warning now. Um, We're allowed to be walking hands in the ruck. Yay! That may be be coming. See, I've worn something
1: specially because I thought we were maybe going to do legally mandated lines chatting. Uh,
0: What What have you
2: got? Uh, For those listening, Ian is stripping off. Oh, (laughs) guys,
1: guys.
0: You, I, got that, uh, I got this free got Free Lions top That's what you say <laughs>
2: yeah. You're
0: a traitor to the, to the cause here. I
1: bought a Warriors top uh, Like the 2018 I think it was the 18, 17, 18 or 18, 19 season and it was all right. sports and they were giving away Free Lions tops so yeah,
0: right. At one point you could buy them for £10 On M&M Direct Lions tops Yeah
2: uh, I'm always in
0: excess. Scotland, I think. XS Scotland's good.
2: Yeah, I'm on the lookout for some new new tops to train in. So if MD's got any tops they want to donate
0: to me, do do feel free. <laughs> um, I'll let you, uh, Ian, want to give me your hands in the rack enough. I'm just going to get the ones up we've had from Twitter and elsewhere.
1: Um, uh, before, uh, it was mainly the Hamish Watson getting called a lightweight was one of them, um, and also the because it is mainly sort of lines, and I'm sorry for the line selection, but, you know, we, we have to now. Um, it's getting close. The, yeah. the lack of people, the people who just are also just going uh, like going on about how do hands of defensive liability, show me a winger who is an excellent defender. Right? I mean, the best one I could think of was Keith Earls. <laughs> and, you know, and we all know my feelings about Keith Earls. Um, you don't. I've seen Johnny May getting stepped, I've seen him being out of position. Uh people will especially back three players. I think a lot of people give back three players a lot of grief for not being good at tackling. What you have to remember is you've they've got people running at speed at them. And they are you know, they're they're having a sort of backpedal. So, you know, I'm I'm not a physicist, as you can probably guess. But you know, there's laws of there's lots of momentum and motion and all that. It's it's a hard job. To tackle somebody, if somebody's running at you at like 20 miles an hour and you're backpedaling at 10, it's hard for you to tackle that person.
0: Yeah, also, if you drift the defense is drifting across and they are getting round you, you're often coming having to cross the pitch. As do we we're talking about the cover and tackle that hand missed on was it uh Doolan?
1: Uh, I think it was penal. No, penal. and then penal <laughs> gave it to Doolan.
0: Yeah, that they-, they missed, but that's because he's coming having to cover across the pitch, so they've got a hell of a lot of. Distance to cover, so wingers more often than not are going to miss tackles. They, we've had our hands, similar to Stuart Edgar on Twitter, got in touch. He said, uh, why is it that when a Scotland player makes a mistake, he's out of the lines, but players from elsewhere are judged based on the good they do. Do hand-missed a tackle that led to a try, but so has Zamet. Price got charged down by Toji, but he did that in every game. could charged down in every game. And I think there is an element of that. To I think, that's what, I think there's going to be a lot of pundits um, very disappointed about the number of Scotland players in the Lions squad. I mean, maybe I'm disappointed, but I think there's a lot of... I think Scotland players are being judged harshly on the fact that we haven't had many Scottish Lions in the past. But I think if you're looking at cold, hard performance statistics and performances on the pitch, I think there's a lot of Scotland players have put their hands up and should be ahead of a lot of England players.
1: Did you see Ultimate Rugby as well? They tweeted that um, Doohan beat 31 defenders in this tournament. Uh, the pile, and it's, he, he set the record. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll, and he wasn't a bad rugby player, was he? Uh, he nope. set the record in 2000 and, uh, with 30. And now Doohan's done 31.
0: Most metres in the tournament as well. Mm, 470. Four, four, four. Second most after after Bruce Doolin. Yeah. Um,
2: this is this this this
0: podcast has become the Bruce Dillon appreciation. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's uh, yeah top try scorer as well. Five.
1: Yeah, and as well, absolutely, like, people like Wingers don't. He, I think he only missed three tackles. Obviously, he's not made a lot of tackles because people don't want
0: to go anywhere near him because yeah. they will get crushed. And as we saw with what, the first try against France as well, he's you know he. You know, people were saying, "Why aren't we?" using do du- uh, you know, dohan as an additional forward? Well, there you go. Your wish is granted. Yeah, you've got that utility back. That utility back that um, you know that, that Warren Gatlin's looking for. You can stick him in the front row, you'd be fine. Um, Co- John, of that, like, that's like RV Mark Fifty Six. <laughs> uh, like the world's gone mad. John, what's had its hands in your? So- g-
2: yeah I, I i don't know if it's a positive or a negative or just an observation but you know that idea of like right so scotland finished fourth in the table and realistically we were a few points here or there away from well we were a few points Six. away from a, yeah I, and you know it was it just shows how fine the margins are and it was a real missed opportunity for Scotland. When when we look back at this, the you know, we've talked about winning away in France, winning away in England, right? It shows the impact crowds actually have. And it was a different game and Scotland Scotland handled the occasion really well and I think there's something to be said for the way Scotland maybe generated their own you know, we talked a bit about the subs generating about atmosphere and generating energy. Um, and I think Scotland could take that away from this but I think you know, ultimately we still need to look with critical eyes on this. It was a good Six Nations for Scotland but we probably would have accepted three wins before, before the tournament. How we came across those three wins were probably quite exceptional um, and we need to now think about how we're going to move on from that and actually start mm. to build a wee bit of consistency because we should be beating Wales. Like frankly, we should have been beating Wales this season. We should be beating Wales. We're a better team than them.
0: Yeah, and I think why well, I, I think you know it's a yellow card, yeah. Was it a red card and a you know a bounce of the ball, a different referee yep. call at the end of the you know yep. that for the t- Chris Harris turnover and it's a different game, it's a different result. Well, um, William Williams pulling Hog back
1: off the ball that would have given yeah. us a shot to go to win the match.
0: Yeah, Chris Harris turned over the ball but was you know was called off his feet. Wasn't he? Yeah, um, bounce of a ball and all that. Um, Roderick Mackay has said he's a late hands in there. He's really hacked off and not being able to hear refs and TMOs because of havering speculation from some arrive <laughs> who are obviously not listening to the to the officials. I like, I like, I, I do like. I mean, um. Andrew is one of the better ones for saying, let's have a listen to what the referee's saying here. Yep. And just letting that happen. I think particularly when you've not got the crowds, it's been much more interesting to kind of hear the referee. you've been able to hear a lot more over the ref mic. Um Rebecca Morgan also said she's at a dodgy camera angles and the lack of replays at important moments, which is the, i.e. that that tackle. Um so I do, yeah. That's the broadcaster's choice, that isn't it? It is the French broadcaster's mm. choice. We will show you the most. Yeah, the most you mo- angles? <laughs> you can always see the TMO saying, I'm, "I'm struggling to get any more angles." In other words, the, the French producer's gone off for a fag because he's uh, delete. <laughs> oh <or>
2: no! <the laughs> literally burning tape as we speak <laughs> with his uh, <laughs> You will not see this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There are no other angles. What about that camera? There's a cameraman there in the back of that because he's not got an angle. <laughs> I do not know who's coming. camera. <laughs> Burn it with a cigarette they bought off of Muhammad, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Very good. My hand's in the ruck. Um, we we talked about this in October when World Rugby banned um, or advised unions that should ban trans players um from playing our trans women rugby players from playing women's rugby because of safety concerns. Now, in response to that, they are most unions, including the SIU and the RFU said, no, we don't agree. We're going to go off and we're going to think about this and have a good, long, hard think about what to do. But for the minute, our current protocols remain in place, which for those that don't know, or not, not today on this is that um, trans women who want to play women's rugby have to undergo, um, have to take medication to get the testosterone level down for a period of 12 months before they're allowed to play and they have to get a medical certificate to say that they can do so. Um, The RFU have come out today with their proposal, although I think it's official, I think it's been leaked to The Guardian, um, and have said that trans women who are will be able to play rugby under the normal uh, protocols in place for reducing testosterone levels except where they are over five foot seven or 14 stone two at which point they will have a risk assessment by a coach now there's a number of issues with this I think firstly being assessed by a coach bring opens up all sorts of difficulties for player and coach because you get a coach with a certain, political view about this rather than a fair equality view on it and you could easily skew somebody to say you're a risk um secondly i think the, the other thing is i, I don't it it, it i kind of think it's insulting to women to say that if you're over five foot seven and you're over 14 stone two that you are that you're a risk yeah that you're not that, that you're not average somehow that you know Tall women. I think somebody tweeted today that said like sixty-nine or sixty percent of something of the England women's team would be in breach, or over five foot seven <laughs> and over fourteen stone two. Is it? Is it and? Is it five no. foot seven and fourteen or, or is it just or, or? Is it an or, either or? It's it's an either or, and would 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 prompt right. the coaches. And I think that what they're trying to that they're just trying to overcome some of the objections that were put forward in the world rugby. I'm going to say it's a study because it wasn't really a study. It was a collection of people with. Certain skewed viewpoints towards excluding trans women from women's sport that were allowed to speak to World Rugby, but it's 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 weird. I don't. I mean, the the current the the other thing in the garden was saying that I think English rugby have only had only ever had fifty nine applications from trans women to play rugby, and I don't know what the numbers are in Scotland. I mean, the, the, we know there are trans women players in Scotland who play women's rugby, but we're not talking, you know. We're not talking massive numbers that you need to go and start reinventing the wheel or bringing all these ridiculous arbitrary things that say that women should women should also be short and tiny.
1: Yeah, I doubt there's many many props uh, that are under fourteen. Was it fourteen stone two?
0: Fourteen stone two.
1: Why have they opted? Is that is it maybe from kilograms? But why why specifically fourteen stone two?
0: I don't know. I don't know if they've just gone. They've just googled "average woman UK." <laughs> <laughs> just that'll do, it, lads. We'll stick that in. That that'll appease everyone. That's fine. Yeah, That's, It's
2: such a silly situation, isn't it? And it's one of those ones you just you just wonder where, like, where where are the the actual brain. You know processes. Where where are the thoughts that are going into this, and who the hell is making such ridiculous decisions?
0: I mean, it's mad. I mean, if you look at the men's game, I mean, this is uh, Johnny McGinty, friend of the pod. I had tweeted this out today. It said Darcy Graham's five foot nine and thirteen stone. Matteo Manotti's five foot ten and eleven point five stone. Fafta Clerk is five foot seven and twelve stone. Are you saying that none of those players are allowed to go and play against bigger lads? We were talking about bringing weight limits into rugby because if you're going to bring it into the women's game, then you have to bring it into all games.
2: Uh, yep, you absolutely should. Yep, that's the thing. I mean, how far do you go with it?
0: Yeah, And maybe there is an argument that you bring weight weight limits into rugby to make it safer, but that's not about that. Shouldn't be the exclusion of all others yes there you go there's a comment just arrived. Right Matt simply <laughs> said men 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 are making the decision that's exactly the issue that's very true. too many men making making decisions about these things so yeah so hopefully I would hope that the SIU doesn't propose to follow suit with this well we do
2: hopefully. have we have a habit of doing your own thing, um, both yeah. negatively and positively. So, so I'm sure <laughs> you're getting
1: in trouble off a world rugby. For it as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've for sure got, we'll do I mean, we've thing. got, we've got the leading, you know, we've got the leading rugby doctor in the world in charge of these things. So hopefully he'll take a, a sensible view that means that rugby continues to be a sport for all in Scotland, rather than just a sport for some.
1: And, and seen as you know, one of the big sort of world rugby things is about inclusivity.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I mean, this is um, Trans yeah, Visibility Day. Shows, this is a uh, Trans Visibility Day day as well. So it's uh, what a fantastic day for that to be leaked to the press.
2: <laughs> Great optics yet again. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully, though.
0: So, yeah, so watch this space, what happens with the SIU, but um, that's the RFU's plans. The SIU, I checked the website today, still still um, said they're sticking to their current policy and are reviewing it, and we'll make an announcement on that page in due course. So watch this space. We'll we'll discuss, We'll discuss. keep an eye out on that. Um, that's it for this week. We've gone over the hour and 30, Mark.
1: Can I just, uh, seeing as, you know, week, Gave Wales a wee hand there, uh, within the Six Nations. And if I can just quickly switch to the, the round ball sport, uh, Dioch to uh, Gareth Bale for L being a racist in the face last night.
0: Aye, fair play. Good, man. I like the fact he looked round and checked, <laughs> checked who it was. <laughs> Is that the racist? Aye, right? right swing this arm out right here. There we go. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> congratulations to him. Um, that's it for this week. We will be back next week. I said we'll have our full Six Nations review. We'll be looking back at um, Scotland Women versus England. Uh, we'll do our Lions. We'll each choose our own Lions squads. I'm going to disappoint you all with my choice at ten. It's controversial. <gasps> what? I we think that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll least, be out. I'm a-
2: Find you both and hunt you down.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be out on. That's going to be out on Tuesday. If you are in the, um, if you are a Patreon, then I'm going to do a. We'll, we'll do a we. Um, we'll, we'll do a, find a way of doing a Patreons amalgamated one. So you can. I'll, I'll find some voting form. I'll just get you to all throw comments at me, and I'll I'll average it out just to the our Patreons lines. Fifteen. Um, Alan, Alan, we suggesting that my my lines ten is Dan Parks. He's been. Somehow hacked my emails and my, my love <laughs> journal. Um, but don't forget to visit the blog scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, keep an eye on Twitter and the like for announcements of um future podcasts. We think the next one next week's is going to go out on Tuesday because we're going to try and rope Rory in to join us as well for that. Um, we might have a we might have a four way. Or a five way, even if Al Kierfance is jumping in as well. So oh, exciting times!
2: In in, in uh, wrestling, it was the Fatal Four Way, wasn't it? What was yes. a five? Did we ever do a five?
0: No, the like, like cage that match,
1: the year like, elimination chamber, uh,
2: six, <laughs> yeah, six man brawl. So we'll uh, we're, going to have to, we're going to have to come up with a title for a five man. Um, a five, a five, a five way. So,
0: yeah, we'll see if if that happens. We'll we'll think of a, a Super bowl, a quint, a quintuplet.
2: Yes, and that might have to go out on lonely fins as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Ian.
2: you.